Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Sports Ethos, Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoopball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I apologize for the delay. Been a crazy, busy week, but I am back, and I am glad to be back on the night. The Hawks went up to Madison Square Garden, the TNT Hawks. Oh! And took care of business, got the win. Trey Young, 45 points in the garden. The most points scored by an Atlanta Hawk in team history. He showed out. The team did not play their best, but they did enough in stretches to win the game tonight. And the episode, consistently inconsistent. I had a running joke. For my boys in college, they used to call me consistently in it, inconsistent for not closing the deal with, you know, the, the young lady. They had to work on my game, you know what I'm saying? And the Hawks need to work on their game, too, because they're not consistent. They're, they are actually consistent. They're consistently inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get from them that night. Nights where you expect this against an inferior opponent, they lay a dud. Nights when they play against a good opponent or a team that they have beef with, like the Knicks tonight, they get a win. Can we just string together some wins to close out the last 10 games of the season? That's all I want. Only 10 games left. We're going to briefly recap the last week. Not go game by game, but talk broad sense. Talk John Collins' injury. Injuries in general. The injury bug is going around on the Hawks. And what needs to happen going forward? I mean, right now, I think at this point, we are content with being ninth or 10th in the play-in. We're content being in the play-in. That's what it looks like by play. This doesn't seem like a team that truly wants to go above 500. They're back to 500 tonight, and they have a chance on the back-to-back to go back to Detroit to get revenge when they should have won about two weeks ago. But they lost in overtime. Finally get an opportunity to get above 500 since mid-December. Every time we get to this point, we don't get it. And consistently inconsistent may fall on the theme tomorrow. An emotional win tonight in the garden. Hostile crowd. And now you go back to Detroit. Hopefully with some bad intentions. And you give the Pistons a dose of their own medicine play with more energy, play with more effort, be physical with this Detroit Pistons team, and you grind out a win tomorrow night. That's what you're hoping for. But consistently consistent Hawks, you never know what you're going to get. It's like potluck for them. Just You just show up, and whatever's there is there. And you may eat it all. You may not eat anything. You don't know. You, you, you're picky, hesitant. That's the Hawks when it comes to shot selection and, you know, being spotty on the defensive end. So 
We're going to talk briefly over the last week, recap, look ahead, 10 games left before the playoffs. I mean, it's too late to say it's time to get it in gear because they should have already had it in gear. But now it is what it is. We got to make the best of this situation. The last week for the Hawks, here's the thing. The week prior where it was Pistons, Bucks, Clippers, Pacers, I said we need to go 3-1. and one. We went 2-2. Two and two. Last week, Blazers on Monday, wish they got a win. Hornets on Wednesday, which they lost, so split. Grizzlies on Friday, John Morant was healthy. Hawks had players out. Trey Young was out that game, and they won by 15 over the Grizzlies. And then they got the Pelicans Sunday. They lose by five. They played the Knicks tonight, win by six. And as I said before, they got the Hawk, no, sorry, the Pistons tomorrow night on the road. Atlanta right now, five-and-a-half-point favorite. They take on the Warriors without Steph Curry on Friday night in Atlanta. Next Monday, Pacers on the road. Thunder on the road next Wednesday. Cleveland Cavaliers next Thursday in a makeup game. Pretty favorable schedule to end the month of March. I mean, to be honest, they should go 3-1 and one, in my opinion. They should go 3-1. and one. Every time I make a prediction they just want to fall short underneath that and then next games in april only five games in april left you have the nets at home raptors on the road wizards at home heat on the road rockets on the road that rockets one's gonna be really interesting rockets been playing a lot better and hawks did get beat by this rockets team earlier in the season in atlanta so a little boat of revenge there wizards is always tough heat always tough Raptors, you know, that's our nemesis this year. And we have an opportunity to split the season series with the Raptors if we get a win there. And then obviously the Nets are vying for position as far as in the playing race right now. And right now, as it stands, the Hawks at 36 and 36, 500. They are 10th in the Eastern Conference. They are pretty much at this point, and aside from a colossal collapse, Knock on wood, the Hawks right now are a guaranteed 10th in the Eastern Conference. I forgot what the magic number is. It's close. I think it's five and a half, six and a half, maybe seven and a half. I forgot. I saw it on Twitter. The magic number is there to clinch it. They are a game behind Charlotte at nine. They are two games behind Brooklyn at eight and then four games behind Toronto. Five games behind Cleveland. So, I mean, 10 games left catching Cleveland. It's going to be next to impossible. At this point, we need to be content. Hey, this is a play-in team. Going into the season, we expected six seed or higher in Eastern Conference. After the success last year, you would expect them to be excited, put the work in, Come back this year, clean slate, prove everybody that last year was not a fluke. Right now, everybody's laughing at us right now. I mean, last year seems like a distant memory, and it seems like a fluke at this point. The The recent winning streak at home for the Hawks has been great. That has been great. I mean, 
before obviously losing to the Pelicans on Sunday night, which was just just a terrible game from them. Terrible game for the Hawks. Turnovers galore. I mean, 16, which is well above our season average. 22 team assists, not moving the ball well. We get out rebounded. I mean, 31% from three. Still higher than some of the games we mostly lose, but still you couldn't stop them in the paint. Just not a good game. Not a good game from the Hawks against the Pelicans. And, you know, that is my hometown team. You know, I got to, you know, go fly Pelicans fly. But obviously I have a vested interest in the Hawks doing well. And to let Vooch, I mean, sorry, Valanchunas, 26-12 that night. CJ dropped his 25, Herb Jones 11, Hernan Gomez with 11 off the bench, and Alvarado with 15 off the bench. Just, I mean, solid team contributions. Trey Young got to off to a slow start, finished with 21 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. Capella with 14 and 10, Hunter with 11, 27 from Gallinari, 21 from Bogey, even though he didn't really shoot that well. The Hawks made a surge late in that game. And they won the fourth quarter. They outscored the Pelicans by 10. That's why it was only a five-point loss. But you can't give up 35 points to the Pelicans at home in the first quarter. You can't. You just can't do that. You have to start off halves fast. And that game, first quarter, third quarter, the Hawks lose. They win the preceding quarter, second and fourth. But it was a little too late there in the fourth quarter. That Grizzlies game, it... It just seemed like Trey out, people had an opportunity to step up, and they did. Bogey went crazy, 30 off the bench for him. DeLon Wright with 18.6 assists, three rebounds, hit four three-pointers. He went, those four threes, a lot of them were in the first quarter, but DeLon Wright did his thing, 18 for Capella, 14 from Hunter, 11 from Gallinari, eight from Okongu with nine rebounds. Real team effort. TLC has been a huge lift the last few games, seven points off the bench in I mean, John Moran did John Moran things, 29 points. Bain with 15. Jaron Jackson with 15. 11 from Dylan Brooks. But pretty much kept the Grizzlies at bay. Three-point shooting was huge for the Hawks that night. They shot 46% from three, which is uncharacteristic, especially what we've been seeing from the consistently inconsistent Hawks. 28-team assist. Love the ball movement. 12-team steals. For 17 turnovers, 24 points off those turnovers. Just, they played really good defense as a team that game. Everyone seemed vested in being on NBA TV. Grizzlies in town, have an opportunity to sweep them, and you took care of business. Hornets game, ugh, that was a very frustrating game. To lose by 10 on the road, a team that you're going to see in the play-in. So, we're gonna, we have to get, they're already in our division. In the conference, we have to play them in the play-in. So we better get ready for this Hornets team. And Hornets, when you look at the numbers, things were pretty even across the board outside of 25 points off of the Hawks' 13 turnovers. The Hornets really did capitalize on the Hawks' mistakes that night. One points in the paint, but... The points off turnovers was really the difference in that ball game there. I mean, DeAndre Hunter had a good game, 21 points. Capella had 17 points, 15 rebounds. 
Terrible night from Trey Young and Bogey shooting from the floor. Nine points for Trey, but 15 assists there. Added three rebounds. Herter was set 16 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Okongu, 14 points off the bench. Luil with seven. Gallo with five. I mean, like I said, the big difference points off turnovers that game. That is really oversimplifying. And then obviously they beat the Trailblazers, who had a lot of players out. He took care of business, which comes up to tonight. I mean, since we last recorded when they beat the Pacers by three, the Hawks have gone three and two in that stretch, leading obviously to today's win, as I mentioned at the top of the program, 45 from Trey Young as he returned to the garden and really did his thing, seven three-pointers from him, eight assists. Herder with 14 points, eight rebounds, four assists. 10 from Hunter and Gallo. Um, and Hunter was really big down the stretch there. 32 off the bench from Bogey, who's really found his rhythm as of late. Okongu only two points, seven rebounds from him, two points from DeLon Wright. Not a great team performance, but when you have Trey Young and Bogey combining for 77 points, you're never going to complain about that. They, they gave the team a lift, and I mean, it was a blessing. For the Hawks to not have Julius Randle on the other side of things tonight. 30 points on the other side from R.J. Barrett with 13 rebounds. 21 from Alec Burke. 17 off the bench for Emmanuel quickly. 10 for Toppin. But in the end, it was the Trey Young bulky show. Offensively, they did what they had to do. Team shot. And I even was thinking of it. I thought I tweeted. I didn't. I was talking to a friend of mine watching the game. I said, if the Hawks didn't stay over 40% from three-point land tonight, they win. They did win. 41.7% from three tonight. Shot 49% from the floor. Won a rebound margin. 26 team assists. Uh, I liked how they had 19 in the first half. Only had seven in the second half. That ball movement did kind of stop, but Trey Young and Bogey got, Bogey got it going. I mean, you live with that because you live with the results. At that point, turnovers with a wash. Both teams capitalized off turnovers. Fast break points won by eight to the Knicks. Points in the paint won by eight to the Knicks. But as I said before, the three-point shooting and then just the team, the combined outbursts from Bogey and Trey Young are the things that gave the Hawks the win tonight. And did I forget to mention Trey Young put on a show tonight? I just... <laughs> Scrolling through Twitter, just seeing him drop Taj Gibson. That was just... Whew. I, I love when the Hawks and the Knicks play. I do. I love it. I love it. I love it. Just the, the rivalry that exists between those two teams. Now, both did underperform this year. Both fan bases and probably the league did expect a little bit more from both of these teams. More so the Hawks. I think I kind of saw the Knicks for who they were going into the season. I mean, have some you know talented players, but as a team, they're they're not the Hawks, and the Hawks really should have swept the season series, in my opinion. But there's times where you know, you know, just playing hard down the stretch, and the Hawks just do not do that at times at the end of the games. But they took care of business tonight, and now we get to. See how they do in the second half of a back-to-back tomorrow night, as I mentioned, versus the Pistons. And 
I mean, old news at this point now, but John Collins out for an extended period of time. His status as of four days ago will be updated 10 to 14 days. So about a, a week or two, we will wait to hear back from John Collins, who had the foot injury and now has received an anti-inflammatory injection in his right ring finger last Thursday and is scheduled to go undergo a non-surgical procedure to address his strained right foot within the next couple of days. So John Collins banged up, definitely said he wanted to try to give it a go, but knows that his worth is better when he's healthy. So this would be a bigger blow to the Hawks if it wasn't for the play of Bogey, Gallo, Trey Young right now. DeAndre Hunter's consistent play, Herter having his moments. The team is getting some better performances out of their players outside of Trey Young and Bogey. And there's been obviously games where the other players have carried the team. Now you still need Bogey and Trey Young to close games, but everybody is starting to find their stride. Now we have not found our stride together as a team in a few games. There's always some pieces that are struggling, but it's a team game. Everyone has to pull their weight. You give what you can at night. Not everyone's going to be great every single night. But we have yet to put together a full body of work for four quarters. And in that four quarters, translate that to another four quarters and another four quarters. And really string together some win streaks like we did earlier in the season. I mean, we had some losing streaks as well. But right now, it's just a step forward, a step backward, a step forward, two steps back, three steps forward, four steps back. That's why we're at 500, consistently inconsistent, which is the theme of the Hawks this year and the theme of this episode. So what's my confidence level going forward? I really don't know. I really don't know. Missing John Collins is a huge blow, even though we do not utilize him well in a half-court offense relegating him to just catch and shoot from the top of the key, from the corners. We don't see those patented putbacks anymore, him really aggressively cra- crashing the glass. We're relegating him to catch and shoot, and that is not, even though he's worked at this game, and he is a really good three-point shooter as a big, there's more to his game. And we're not utilizing him to the best of our ability. That is when his staff, that goes back to my point, we need to, hire an offensive-minded assistant this offseason to really give people better opportunities, give them sets, plays, to get players spot the ball in their spot on the court, similar to like a Toronto Raptors. I would love to bring someone from their staff, maybe the Spurs, the Warriors, teams that really have good offensive flow and they have the ability to pick and choose moments to get players involved. Right now, Trey Young is the maestro. He's doing a fine job, even though, you know, the, the turnovers are the turnovers, but you can't argue the assist. He is the engine of our offense, the pick and roll. That's what we're predicated on right now. But I would love, and I keep saying this as a broken record at this point, is to have the other two or three, depending on the offensive set, have an off-ball option to give them at least another option or two 
if the initial pick and roll doesn't work. That is something that the Hawks have yet to do, another wrinkle in the offense. I want to see that. Defense, I mean, I think that's more personnel, mentality at that point. But that those that lack of offensive creativity and ball movement causes stalls in the offense, which leads to bad shot selection, which leads to fast break opportunities where the Hawks don't get back on defense. And then we really look bad on offense, even though we're one of the most efficient offenses in the NBA, and then makes us look worse on defense. That's a bigger grand scheme problem, but that inconsistency comes from a lack of identity, a lack of, you know, structure within the offense, per se, and just want to and personnel on the defensive side of things. So, we, like I said, we have the ability to beat anybody. We've seen it. We can beat anybody in the league. But that being consistent, beating the teams we're supposed to beat, like the Detroit Pistons team we face tomorrow, we should have beat them a week and a half or two, whenever it was. In Detroit, you have an opportunity to get revenge there. You play the Thunder. You should beat the Thunder. Let's be real. You should beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. They have a huge rebuild going on. They're just accumulating assets at this point, trying to figure out their next steps going forward. Warriors team without Steph Curry. Still going to be a tough team. Still got to worry about Clay, Draymond's back, Andrew Wiggins, who was an all-star this year. It's a lot of young players. That's going to be a tougher game. The Pacers, you should beat. Cavaliers. Tough game, but I think you should beat the Cavaliers, especially at home, protect home court. The Nets, you have the capability to beat the Nets, depending on what Nets team you see. But the game is going to be here in Atlanta, so you know Kyrie is going to be available. Ben Simmons is still a question mark. That's a tougher one. Raptors, you know it's going to be tough. Wizards, winnable game, but you know they're going to give the effort. They're going to fight. The Heat are the Heat. You already know that's self-explanatory. Then I mentioned earlier in the program about the Rockets. The last 10 games, there are some favorable matchups, but it depends on what mentality, what energy, what effort, what focus is this team going to come into with. And again, I think personnel-wise, not having a guy like a Marcus Smart, a really a Draymond Green, a real vocal leader that's going to corral the troops, hold people accountable, and really be that leader, that alpha of the team, that's going to be the checks and balance system when things go wrong and prop up the team when things are going right. We don't have that guy right now on our team. And I feel like that is a piece that needs to be addressed. I feel like John Collins should be that piece, but we don't utilize him for whatever reason. And I don't know how much longer John Collins is going to be in a Hawks uniform. I'm going to be frank. Him and Capella, I don't know at this point. But those are questions for the offseason. But down the stretch, those are the guys that you need. And people are stepping up basketball-wise. But we need a leader, whether it's Trey at this point, whether it's Bogey with his experience overseas in big games, whether it's Gallo, whether it's Capella, we need someone to be that guy. We need someone to be that guy down the stretch. And by default, thing has to be Trey Young. Trey Young has to set the tone night and night out. He can't afford a bad performance. He can't afford bad decision making 
turnovers, plays, bad shot selection. We cannot afford that. I know Trey Young made a comment saying you don't have to play your best basketball, but you have to play your hardest basketball right now. I disagree. You need to be playing your best basketball down the stretch to really build some momentum and some confidence going into the playing games. I feel like just like wild card weekend in the NFL, the wild card in baseball, if you're playing in one of those first games, hell, even the NCAA tournament, people play in the playing game and then you see them make runs from that extra game. We need to look at it like this. We need to be playing our best basketball. Right now it's desperation basketball. Every game counts. Every game matters. If you continue to put your mindset in that do or die situation, when it's time for do or die, you're prepared. You've been through it. You've been through the rigor. You're going to be ready for that moment. And right now, that's what the Hawks really need to look at these next 10 games as. Do or die situations night after night after night. You have to look at this game tomorrow night against the Pistons as this is going to be the last game of the season. This is going to be the last time people are going to see you play this year. And you need to continue to have that mentality because if you don't play well, your season is going to end sooner rather than later. Which means we're going to talk more about the offseason, which are the litany of ideas that are going to be thrown out by Hawks Nation and myself, you know, people on Twitter, about what the Hawks need to do this offseason. But right now, we're, we're in the midst of a playoff race. I know people are trying to downgrade playing. We're in a playoff race. Do or die the next 10 games. Can you give me that? Can I take the consistently inconsistent label off of you? Can I remove that from you? Can you win 8 out of of 10? 7 out of 10 down the stretch? Hell, 6 out of 10. Can you give me over 500 ball? Because right now, 3 and 2 in the last 5 games, that's over 500 ball. I think 6 out of 10 is extremely doable. 7 out of 10, I think it's in the realm of possibility. 8, I feel like if they can get 8 out of 10 down the stretch, watch out Hornets or wherever we end up at the end of this race, because 8 out of 10, that's real good momentum going into the postseason. If the Hawks limp in to the play-in, 4-6, and 3-7, it's going to be one and done. One and done. And I'm not talking the Jabari Smith and Apollo Bancheros, a Duke. I'm talking about Hawks being one and done in Cancun on three. Two, three, Cancun. Going to be sharing villas with the Wizards and the Knicks and Pacers players, all the other teams that, and listen to the teams that I'm grouping them with. We should be with the Bostons, the Miamis, better than the Clevelands, I'm sorry. The Nets, the 76ers, we should be in that same conversation. But we're not because we're consistently inconsistent. There's a lot of obstacles that the Hawks had to overcome this year, and it is what it is at this point. But it's do or die. It's put up or shut up. We got to put in overtime like the Ace Hood song. I love that song. You used to listen before football games. It's do or die. Got to go put in overtime. You got to put in overtime. These are do or die situations down the stretch. You have 10 do or die games. Win or go home games. You have to retool your thinking. If I'm Nate, I'm sitting down the team and say, hey, 10 game block. Give me seven. Give me eight. Scratch, claw, do whatever you need to to win that game by any means necessary. Detroit, 
even though they're a lottery team, they show that they're willing to do whatever it takes to win against the Hawks a week and a half ago. We got to return the favor. The Warriors are always going to be like that. As long as Steve Kerr is there and they have that culture in place, they're going to do that. The Raptors, who I mentioned, we got to play. They're going to do that. The Nets have to do it. The Wizards, I mean, they're going to play as hard as a divisional opponent. The Heat, they always do that. A lot of teams are going to play hard. Even the Thunder play hard. These are professionals. We have to rise above just being a professional. We have to be competitors, and we have to look at this as last chance you. This is your last chance before the season's over. I have faith, but I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic. You know how positive I am as a person. Cautiously optimistic. I'm tired of giving predictions. I need to see you do it. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch. And after I watch, I'm going to react on this show. I'll definitely be reacting a lot more than I have been. Like I said, I've been real busy the last week. But you know I was going to be back and we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. What do you got for me, Hawks? What you got for me, Trey? Dre? Gallo? Bogey? Capella? Onyeka? Lou Will? When healthy? John Collins, if you're back by playing, what you got? What you got? I don't know if John Collins is going to be back, to be honest. He might be done for the season. Who knows? Depending on, you know, how far the Hawks go. And at this point, maybe preserve his health. Maybe lose him. No, no. I'm not even going to say that. You give your all. You give your all. That's what the city demands. That's what the city wants. That's what the city fell in love with you last year. Your ability to overcome adversity, no matter what, always fight. We haven't had that fight this year, but it's time to fight. Or else, it's flight. Take Cancun or whatever villa, wherever they're going to do in the offseason that I'm not invited to and I wish I had. I need a vacation. I wish, but one of the hardest working men in show business. But if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share to tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Down the stretch, we're going to be there. Last 10 games, put up or shut up. I'm not shutting up. So share this with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans, whoever. Have them follow us on Twitter at EthosHawks on Twitter. That's at EthosHawks on Twitter. And follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. I've been consistently consistent, consistently inconsistent with recording as of late. I'm going to try to get back consistent. Things have cleared out. We're going to be back for the, for the long stretch of 10 games. It's going to feel long, but it's probably going to go by quick. Let's see what the Hawks are going to do going into the postseason.